the Ontario government has written off $445 million loan to Chrysler. Why? They say they have no legal recourse to collect it. Here to talk more about this from the uh, Sprott School of Business at Carleton University, our friend Ian Lee. Welcome to the show, Ian. Good to have you on. It's been a while. Uh, My pleasure, Kelly. So, first of all, if you would, walk us down memory lane. A little, Give us a little refresher about this sure. loan that came down in 2009 during the world economic crisis. Yeah. Um, and I was uh, doing a lot of media interviews at the time on this very, very issue. Um, I was certainly a minoritarian because I was opposed to the bailout, but I'm getting ahead of myself. In 2009, we had the worst recession since the Depression in um, the, the 1930s. No question about that. Unemployment went up to the roof. That's what happens in recessions. Uh, the economy slows down, uh, demand declines, companies lay people off, unemployment goes up. Uh, Milton Friedman, the great Nobel economist at the University of Chicago, wrote a book on the history of this. and We have depressions in history going all the way back to ancient Roman times and ancient Egyptian times. Recessions are not new. Uh, we didn't invent them in the last 20 or 30 or 50 years. They've been around forever. And, um, um, and, and what happened in this instance was... Um, and why recessions, believe it or not, this is going to sound really weird to a lot of people, but recessions are very useful. They're like what the uh, environmentalists call forest fires. You know, it clears out old dead wood and, and so forth. And what recessions do is it, it cleans out um, inefficient firms. And those resources um, are, are not, they don't vanish into the sky. They're redeployed because those factories are bought by someone else and the workers go and work for someone else and so forth. And um, and so what happened was the two weakest firms in the industry, which were General Motors and Chrysler, failed. Um, and they had been, and I, this is very important, Kelly, because I've done papers on this. Both of these companies were in long-term decline, long, long before the 2009 recession. Writing was on the wall. Writing was on the wall. They were on a one-way path into, into, the, into, the, into the cellar. General Motors, which had been the largest car company in the world from the 1920s to the 1970s, in the 60s, they sold one out of every two cars in North America. And then starting in the 70s, they went down, 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 down from 50% market share down to 20% market share um, in 2009. The largest decline of any car company in history, in North American history. So this company was very, very weak. And so was Chrysler, very, very weak. And so President Obama in the States, President, Prime Minister Harper, and the Premier of Ontario, Premier McGinty, I believe, yes, um, decided, uh, and and their, all of their advisors, that they had to bail out these two companies. And it was presented by President Obama, and pro- lesser so, but I still think he did make the argument as well, Prime Minister Harper, they were saving the automobile industry. This was false. The automobile industry was not in collapse. Honda was not disappearing or going bankrupt. Neither was Toyota. Neither was Volkswagen. I'm not going to waste your time reading off all the names of all the companies that make cars. There were two companies that were failing. The rest of the companies were doing okay. Their sales were down, but they were still going, they were doing fine. And my argument then was, look, if General Motors and Chrysler fails, this is nonsense that these jobs will, quote, vanish and disappear, and those cars will never be made again, meaning that, that volume of cars. I said, what will happen is Honda and, and, Merce, and, and all the other car companies will step up and sell more cars. 
because now General Motors has vanished from the marketplace or Chrysler's vanished. In other words, the 1.5 million or so car sales in Canada and the 15 million or so car sales in the States will continue. It's just that the mix of the brands will um, uh, change. This was not accepted, as we all know, by the President of the United States and by the Prime Minister of Canada and the Premier of Ontario and the Governor, I believe, of Michigan because of the political pressure brought to bear on them by Unifor in Canada and by the United Auto Workers in the United States. So it was, I characterize it, and I get, you know, really, uh, people get very angry at me for saying this, this wasn't a bailout of the auto industry, this was a bailout of, of a couple of unions that were politically had a lot of support. And uh, that's what we were doing. And and why I was so opposed wasn't because I hate these people. That is absolutely nonsense. It's because the record of bailouts for failing companies is abysmal. Failing companies generally don't succeed. And we've seen this time and again. Look at the Bombardier. I was just going to mention Bombardier. And uh, so in this instance, Chrysler was saved a second time, first by the government, the three governments I've described, and then it got saved a second time when it got bought out by Fiat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and even now, um, you know, before Sergio Marchi died, uh, br- the brilliant CEO of the Canadian-Italian CEO of, uh, of Chrysler, um, he said, you know, the long-term viability of Chrysler is very, very problematic. He says it's got to merge with another company uh, to get bigger. It's got to scale up, bulk up because of the cost of R&D to build the next generation of cars is truly horrendous. It's in the billions and billions of dollars. Okay. Anyways. Well, let's let's get to today. So now we hear that the $445 million loan yeah. that Ontario gave to Chrysler is uh, is just going to be written off. We're not going right. to get it back. The Ontario Finance Minister laid the responsibility for the write-off squarely on the shoulders of Justin Trudeau and his government. How do they factor in? Um it's probably, to be fair, um, and, you know, I'm a fiscal conservative, you know that, uh, but um, Trudeau wasn't there when the deal was struck. Uh, it was uh, Obama in the States, and it was Premier McGuinty, Liberal Premier McGuinty in Ontario, and, of course, Prime Minister Harper, um, and um, they were the ones that structured the deal. And it was said at the time by critics, and I was one of them, uh, by, by no means the only one that said, no, we're never going to get all our money back. We're not. Some of this is just a, pl- a pure freebie. And it turned out to be a pure freebie. And the it government will... of the United States wrote off some of the loan, so yeah. did the government of Canada, and now the government of Ontario is. And so I don't really blame it on, on Trudeau. I blame it on the Liberal government of Ontario. Yes, I blame it on Obama because he was the leader. He said he blackmailed Harper into supporting it. People are wondering, what on earth was Harper doing this? Because he doesn't support bailouts. Uh, Obama said at the time, Canada, either you participate in the bailout or we're going to shut down all the plants in uh, Canada that are in the bankruptcy, meaning Chrysler and GM plants. Well, so we had a gun to our head, literally, and so we said, okay, we're going to join the bailout. Let me just say this, because a spokesperson for the Ontario Finance Minister, basically she explained the federal government and their part. She said, given the structure of the loan, once the federal government made the decision to write off their portion, there was no legal recourse for Ontario to further recover funds. What is it, What exactly does that mean and why not? 
she's she's right because uh, they were the primary. Uh, 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 Ontario was a, a, to use technical language, in my understanding, is a subordinated debt. Subordinated means, in plain English, secondary to the primary note, and the primary note was owed to the government of Canada and the government of the United States. And once they wrote it off, they no longer had recourse because they were, if you will, I don't want to use the word piggybacking, but they were riding underneath the uh, the note of the government of Canada. But I, I think that's a little bit unfair, and I'm not here to defend mm. them. Prime Minister Trudeau, because I am very, very critical of Prime Minister Trudeau on a whole bunch of files and issues. But in this instance, they weren't going to get the money back uh, because the Chrysler had fulfilled the terms of the bailout, which was very generous, as was the bailout to General Motors. And it was never designed to ensure that the governments would be fully repaid. In other words, there was a significant freebie there to placate uh, the United Auto Workers uh, leadership and the and Unifor because they were screaming uh, for support. So my uh, the people I blame are the uh, the unions because they actually were actively engaged in the terms of the bailout and objecting to certain provisions that would have made the bailout terms more stringent. So if we let's put blame where blame is due, and I believe that the blame is due on the shoulders of Unifor and the United Auto Workers who were looking for. For maximum a gift, meaning a freebie, a grant, as a subsidy, as opposed to a, a burden, a, a debt repayment that would have to be made down the road. Well, you brought up due, so let's talk about that. In 2011, according to the CBC, uh, the uh, Fiat Chrysler Association of Canada said they repaid all outstanding government yep. loans in full with interest six years ahead of schedule. So what do they mean by that? The, what we don't know is because the government of Canada did not release all the terms of the deal, but I, I'm, I'm speculating now. I want to make that very clear. But I suspect that the terms of the agreement were modified after the original agreement was written up in 2009. When they did the bailout, and it was a joint bailout, where they literally, the Canadian government, literally the bureaucrats met with the American bureaucrats and the state bureaucrats in the state of Michigan and the government of Ontario, and they all got together, and they negotiated this great big bailout, okay? And it had terms and conditions, all very legalistic, and they had a great big long, long, long contract. I think what happened in 2011 is because March Sergio Marchi at the time was saying, look, even though it was a very generous bailout, he was making the argument it was still too stringent, and he wanted some relief. And I believe that there was, and there's no conspiracy. I'm not alleging any kind of a conspiracy. This is sort of standard things. These th- things happen. And he went to the government of Canada and the government of the United States and said, look, you know, you want us to create more jobs. You want us to, you know, grow the company, blah, blah, blah. And so we want some of the re- relief, additional relief. And I believe that they wrote down or at least uh, said, look, in future, we will write off part of this loan. You, you will not have to repay it in full. And so that, I think, was done. Uh, by both sides. I'm talking the Americans and the Canadians. And they did it for policy reasons, which is, you know, to try and encourage the survival of the company and create more jobs. Okay, fair enough. Um, I get the argument. I get the logic. And, And so at that point, when they did the modified deal, and I do believe it was modified, that allowed... Chrysler, Fiat Chrysler, to say, look, 
we've completed the terms of the agreement that we have, the legal agreement in writing, uh, with the government, and uh, we're, we're, we're home free. We're, we're scot-free. We've paid you in full. And if there is a leftover uh, owing on your books, well, that's, that's your problem. No, okay, let not. me ask you this, Ian. Do you think Ford is trying to buy Chrysler? And I mean Ford, not as in the big three, because they're the only uh, car company in the big three that did not get a handout. That's correct. Do you think that Ford is trying to buy Chrysler's loyalty or appease the auto union in the wake of the GM shutdown? I would not be surprised because uh, what I didn't mention to finish off on the GM story, when they went bankrupt uh, in, in 2009, they had declined, as I said, over 40 years from a 50% market share. One in two cars in North America were GM back in the 60s, the glory days. And by 2009, they were down to 20%. Since then, they have continued to decline. Their market share now, and this is the best data I could come up with in my research, and it could be not exactly accurate, but I think it's pretty close, is somewhere around 16%. In other words, GM continues to decline. And so GM is trying to reinvent their company. That's why they were closing the plants. They've realized they're on an unsustainable path to the future. And so that means they've got to close plants. They have too many plants and not enough cars and not enough demand for their cars, which is another way of saying people, less and less people want to buy a General Motors car. So they're trying to save themselves. And Ford, which is in much stronger position uh, financially and strategically, is um, I think they're never going to say this publicly. You don't mm-hmm. publicly say I'm expecting my competitor to fail and disappear. But I think that they're trying to – they're setting the table for the eventuality if Ford uh, – if GM fails. It would be brilliant on their part, and they should be, because they would only be then one American – well, it depends. If Ford mm-hmm. and Chrysler both go – I mean, Chrysler is technically an Italian company now. So there's only two American companies left, North American companies left, Ford and GM. If GM fails or gets bought out, now you're down to one American company called Ford, and there are many buyers. I'm not one of them, to be honest. I own a Honda, but there's many buyers. I have a Ford based on the fact they didn't take a handout. Listen, there's many good people like you uh, in Canada and the United States who are very patriotic and say, you know, I'm only going to buy a car if it's uh, made and owned and operated in North America. Or if it's a great deal like I got. Yeah. (laughs) So I think that Ford, you are very, I think, absolutely correct that they are starting to make take steps in the event that GM fails uh, because they want to be able to pick up the pieces. And I mean by pick up the pieces that they can step into the breach, which is what I predicted back in 2009 when they were saying both Obama and others were saying we're saving the car industry. No, they were not saving the car industry. The car industry was not failing. It was downsizing. Sales had gone down, but Ford didn't fail. Neither did Volkswagen and Honda and Toyota and, and the Korean companies and so forth. They all did very well. Thank you very much. Well, geez, Ian, I, I have to end with this. I wish, uh, I wish I, I, you knew more about this topic. <laughs> it's fun. It's a fascinating industry. I'm doing well, a paper on it, by the way, on the Canadian auto industry. You don't say. Give me 30 seconds, but I am predicting that we are going to exit automobile uh, manufacturing assembly, not parts, but assembly, because you look at the data. I've been looked at the last 100 years, but especially the last 10 years, and it's just, we are not competitive with the U.S. Forget Mexico. Jerry Diaz keeps going on and on about Mexico. Mexico is not the threat. It's the southern United States where all the car plants are, many of the 
car plants are now. We're not competitive with them. Our wages on benefits are higher per worker hour than they are in the States, and our productivity per worker hour is lower than the U.S. Our biggest competitor is the southern United States and, by the way, the Detroit area, which has really pulled up their socks after 2009. They really did start to turn around and become much more competitive. So that's who we're competing with, and we're losing against uh, the U.S., and I, that's why I predict that in the next 10 years or so, we will, like Australia did last year, exit manufacturing assembly of automobiles. And there's the bell, Professor. Thank you so much. Thanks very much. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Ian Lee, professor at the Sprott School of Business at Carleton University, talking about the Ontario government writing off that $445 million loan to Chrysler.